Hello and welcome to The Adventures of Pinocchio by Carlo Collodi, read by your host, me, Eli. Chapter 15. The assassins chase Pinocchio, catch him, and hang him to the branch of a giant oak tree. As he ran, the marionette felt more and more certain that he would have to give himself up into the hands of his pursuers. Suddenly, he saw a little cottage gleaming white as the snow among the trees of the forest. If I have enough breath left with which to reach that little house, I may be saved, he said to himself. Not waiting another moment, he darted swiftly through the woods, the assassins still after him. After a hard race of almost an hour, tired and out of breath, Pinocchio finally reached the door of the cottage and knocked. No one answered. He knocked again, harder than before, for behind him he heard the steps and the labored breathing of his persecutors. The same silence followed. As knocking was of no use, Pinocchio, in despair, began to kick and bang against the door as if he wanted to break it. At the noise, a window opened and a lovely maiden looked out. She had azure hair and a face white as wax. Her eyes were closed and her hands crossed on her breast with a voice so weak that it hardly could be heard. She whispered, No one lives in this house. Everyone is dead. Won't you at least open the door for me? cried Pinocchio in a beseeching voice. I am also dead. Dead? Well, what are you doing at the window then? I am waiting for the coffin to take me away. After these words, the little girl disappeared and the window closed without a sound. Oh, lovely maiden with azure hair, cried Pinocchio. Open, I beg of you. Take pity on a poor boy who is being chased by two assa- He did not finish, for two powerful hands grasped him by the neck, and the same two horrible voices growled threateningly. Now we have you. The marionette, seeing death dancing before him, trembled so hard that the joints of his legs rattled and the coins tinkled under his tongue. Well, the assassins asked, will you open your mouth now or not? Ah, you do not answer. Very well, this time you shall open it. Taking out two long, sharp knives, they struck two heavy blows on the marionette's back. Happily for him, Pinocchio was made of very hard wood, and the knives broke into a thousand pieces. The assassins looked at each other in dismay, holding the handles of the knives in their hands. I understand, said one of them to the other. There is nothing left to do now but to hang him. To hang him, repeated the other. They tied Pinocchio's hands behind his shoulders and slipped the noose around his neck. Throwing the rope over the high limb of a giant oak tree, they pulled till the poor marionette hung far up in space. Satisfied with their work, they sat on the grass, waiting for Pinocchio to give his last gasp. But after three hours, the marionette's eyes were still open, his mouth still shut, 
and his legs kicked harder than ever. Tired of waiting, the assassins called to him mockingly, Goodbye till tomorrow. When we return in the morning, we hope you'll be polite enough to let us find you dead and gone with your mouth open wide. With these words, they went. A few minutes went by, and then a wild wind started to blow. As it shrieked and moaned, the poor little sufferer was blown to and fro like the hammer of a bell. The rocking made him seasick, and the noose, becoming tighter and tighter, choked him. Little by little, a film covered his eyes. Death was creeping nearer and nearer, and the marionette still hoped for some good soul to come to his rescue, but no one appeared. As he was about to die, he thought of his poor old father, and hardly conscious of what he was saying, murmured to himself, Oh, father, dear father, if only you were here. These were his last words. He closed his eyes, opened his mouth, stretched out his legs, and hung there as if he were dead. Chapter 16 And the lovely maiden with azure hair sends for the poor marionette, puts him to bed, calls three doctors to tell her if Pinocchio is dead or alive. If the poor marionette had dangled there much longer, all hope would have been lost. Luckily for him, the lovely maiden with azure hair once again looked out of her window. Filled with pity at the sight of the poor little fellow being knocked helplessly about in the wind, she clapped her hands sharply together three times. At the signal, a loud whir of winds in quick flight was heard, and a large falcon came and settled itself on the window ledge. What do you command, my charming fairy? asked the falcon, bending his beak in deep reverence. For it must be known that, after all, the lovely maiden with azure hair was none other than a very kind fairy who had lived for more than a thousand years in the vicinity of the forest. Did you see that marionette hanging from the limb of that giant oak tree? I see him. Very well. Fly immediately to him. With your strong beak, break the knot which holds him tied. Take him down and lay him softly on the grass at the foot of the oak. The falcon flew away and after two minutes returned saying, I have done what you commanded. How did you find him, alive or dead? At first glance, I thought he was dead, but I found I was wrong, for as soon as I loosened the knot around his neck, he gave a long sigh and mumbled with a faint voice, Now I feel better. The fairy clapped her hands twice. A magnificent poodle appeared, walking on his hind legs, just like a man. He was dressed in court livery. A tricorn trimmed with gold lace was set at a rakish angle over a wig of white curls that dropped down to his waist. He wore a jaunty coat of chocolate-colored velvet with diamond buttons and with two huge pockets which were always filled with bones dropped there at dinner by his loving mistress. Breeches of crimson velvet, 
Silk stockings and low, silver-buckled slippers completed his costume. His tail was encased in a blue silk covering, which was to protect it from the rain. Come, Medoro, said the fairy to him. Get my best coach ready and set out toward the forest. On reaching the oak tree, you will find a poor, half-dead marionette stretched out on the grass. Lift him up tenderly, place him on the silken cushions of the coach, and bring him here to me. The poodle, to show that he understood, wagged his silk-covered tail two or three times and set off at a quick pace. In a few minutes, a lovely little coach made of glass with lining as soft as whipped cream and chocolate pudding and stuffed with canary feathers pulled out of the stable. It was drawn by 100 pairs of white mice and the poodle sat on the coachman's seat and snapped his whip gaily in the air as if he were a real coachman in a hurry to get to his destination. In a quarter of an hour, the coach was back. The fairy, who was waiting at the door of the house, lifted the poor little marionette in her arms, took him to a dainty room with mother-of-pearl walls, put him to bed, and sent immediately for the most famous doctors of the neighborhood to come to her. One after another, the doctors came, a crow, an owl, and a talking cricket. I should like to know, Signori, said the fairy, turning to the three doctors gathered about Pinocchio's bed. I should like to know if this poor marionette is dead or alive. At this invitation, the crow stepped out and felt Pinocchio's pulse, his nose, and his little toe. Then he solemnly pronounced the following words. To my mind, this marionette is dead and gone, but if... By any evil chance, he were not, then that would be a sure sign that he were still alive. I am sorry, said the owl, to have to contradict the crow, my famous friend and colleague. To my mind, this marionette is alive. But if, by any evil chance, he were not, then that would be a sure sign that he is wholly dead. And do you hold any opinion? The fairy asked the talking cricket. I say that a wise doctor, when he does not know what he is talking about, should know enough to keep his mouth shut. However, that marionette is not a stranger to me. I have known him a long time. Pinocchio, who until then had been very quiet, shuddered so hard that the bed shook. That marionette, continued the talking cricket, is a rascal of the worst kind. Pinocchio opened his eyes and closed them again. He is rude, lazy, a runaway. Pinocchio hid his face under the sheets. That marionette is a disobedient son who is breaking his father's heart. Long, shuddering sobs were heard, cries and deep sighs. Think of how surprised everyone was when, on raising the sheets, they discovered Pinocchio half-melted in tears. When the dead weep, they are beginning to recover, said the crow solemnly. 
I am sorry to contradict my famous friend and colleague, said the owl, but as far as I'm concerned, I think that when the dead weep, it means they do not want to die. <laughs>